Hey, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron. And I'm Tammy. And welcome. We are so glad that you're here. And if I did my counting squares correctly, New City Online has been meeting for 32 weeks. 32 weeks. And we just want to say thank you for your faithfulness in making weekly corporate worship a priority. We're so thankful for you. And if this is week one for you, if you're new, we want to say thank you for joining us and we want to get to know you. And the way that we do that is through our online connect form. You can find it on our website at newcity.us slash connect. Yeah, and you can also text me. There's a number on the screen below. It's 704-389-5333. If you want to connect that way, if you want to ask questions about New City Church, if you want me to be praying with you or praying for you this week, I'd love to do that. So you can send a message to that number below. Again, it's 704-389-5333. And today we're going to worship God with our voices through prayer as we hear the Word of God being taught and also through giving. Giving is an act of worship. And you can do that easily today at our website at newcity.us. And our friend Jake is leading us in worship again today. So here's Jake. Let's get ready to worship together. Good morning, New City Online. My name is Jake. We're going to sing a couple of songs together. So wherever you are, won't you raise your voices, raise your hands. Let's give God the glory he deserves. Amen.
again He who was and still is and will be through it all So come what may in the space between All the things unseen and this reckoning I know I will never be alone I know face that we can indeed count the joy because God we have an opportunity to be conformed to the image of your son in every trial and every tribulation because your son it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross so no matter what crazy time we're living in no matter what things we might be personally going through we know that it's for the joy set before us that we endure these things we believe scripture when it says that we rejoice in Christ's sufferings. And so God, I ask that in whatever it is that the people that are listening to this, that are watching this, whatever they're going through, God, that you would meet them exactly where they're at and not only comfort them, God, and not only see them, but that you would also conform them to be more and more like your son through the process, God. And I thank you that you don't waste the good times and you don't waste the bad times, but you are always bringing us more from glory to glory in your son. So we thank you for that, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been in a space in life where you felt like maybe you needed to be renewed or refreshed? I'm sure many of you probably have. And I'll be honest and say that for me personally, over the last few months, things have been quite challenging for me. But I will say, however, that 
over the last couple of weeks, God has been really encouraging and renewing my heart and mind. And it's really uh, given me a fuller realization and appreciation of his love for me and his grace in my life. And I don't think that it's by coincidence that today, as a church, we're beginning to enter into the section of the book of Nehemiah where we'll begin to see God do the same thing, renewal. And so if you have a copy of the scriptures with you, um, I invite you to turn with me today to Nehemiah chapter number seven. We'll begin at verse number one. It should also be preloaded for you on the New City app. And while you're making your way there, let me kind of reset the story and bring you up to speed with where we are now at this point in Nehemiah's story. Some of you may know that Nehemiah is a cupbearer for King Artaxerxes, who, after learning in Nehemiah chapter 1 of the great distress and reproach in Jerusalem and that the walls were laying in ruins, he wept, he went on a fast, and he prayed. And then when, when the opportunity came and he was before the king, he asked for permission and supplies to go and rebuild the wall. After being given permission by the king, he makes the thousand-mile journey from Susa to Jerusalem, surveys the wall, solicits the help of the people, many of which are all in with Nehemiah's vision, and then they began to rebuild and repair the wall. However, as they did, they faced internal and external opposition, persistent opposition, I may add, but God. Don't you just love that phrase, but God? In the midst of opposition, in spite of the opposition, what could have taken them up to two years, they completed in just 52 days. Just 52 days. They rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem in 52 days. And get this, they did it during the summer. They did it during the summer in the middle of the heat. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that God's fingerprints were all over their work. His fingerprints were all over their work. And one of the big takeaways for us was that just as God rebuilt and repaired the walls around Jerusalem through Nehemiah and company, he wants to rebuild and repair the broken places in our lives also through his Holy Spirit. And here's some more good news. The rebuilding that God did through Nehemiah and company was not all that he had in mind for the people of Jerusalem. And guess what? It's not the only thing that he has in mind for you and I as well. In fact, the bottom line of our message today is simply this. God's ultimate purpose for rebuilding our lives is the renewal of our hearts. So let's take a look here at Nehemiah chapter number seven. We'll begin at verse number one. We'll read down to verse number five. Now, I do, I do want to ask that it, as you have time, please read the entire chapter. It is, it is just a, a huge only God story. Um, but today we're going to read Nehemiah chapter, one, chapter seven, verses one through five. The word of God to you today. Now, when the wall had been built and I had set up the doors and the gatekeepers, the singers and the Levites had been appointed, I gave my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the governor of the castle, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a more faithful 
and God-fearing man than many. And I said to them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. And while they are, being, and while they are stand, still standing guard, let them shut up, shut and bar the doors. Appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, some at their guard posts and some in front of their own homes. Verse 4, the city was wide and large, but the people within it were few, and no houses had been rebuilt. And the first part here of, chapter, of, of verse 5 says, Then my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles and, of, and the officials and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. And I found the book of the genealogy of those who came up at the first. Now, this is, this is, there's so much here. Again, I'm, I'm going to say, please go back and read this in its entirety as you have time. But, but so here we are in Nehemiah's story where the wall was done. It was completed. The wall had been rebuilt. And here in chapter 7 is where we begin to, to pivot from rebuilding to renewal. And right here in, in verse 1, we get a glimpse into what I believe is the purpose of it all. Verse 1 says, singers and Levites were appointed along with the gatekeepers. Now, if you're anything like me, when I first read that, I thought, singers and Levites? But I believe that, that their appointment was an indication of what God was ultimately after. And that the vision that he had given Nehemiah was bigger than the wall. It was about worship, renewal. Now, don't get me wrong here. Though the completion of the wall was a, was a great accomplishment, it was an only God story in itself. It was a miracle, and it was a necessary part of the process. The ultimate goal was that the people would have worshipful hearts that were devoted to God. So I want to highlight during our time together here a few things here in chapter 7 that God did through Nehemiah to help facilitate this renewal process. Uh, the first thing I want to highlight was that he ensured the safety of the people. He ensured the safety of the people. Now, we read in verses 1 and verse 3 that he did that by appointing the gatekeepers, singers and Levites and guards. But he also did that by instructing them as to when and how the gates should be open. But, but there's something else here that, that, that I don't want you to miss. And that is that the guarding of the wall was a response to the faithfulness and grace of God. It was a demonstration of just how much Nehemiah and the people valued what God had done, the miracle. Now, you might be asking, why do I bring this up? I bring this up because I've realized, at least in my own personal life anyway, that if I'm not careful, there's a tendency to receive a blessing from God, to have an only God story, and then not spend any quality time with God until I'm in need for the next blessing, until I'm in need for another only God story. But here's what I've discovered, family, that maybe the way to the next blessing is discovered through gratitude, faithfulness, and stewardship of the current blessing. And so Nehemiah and the people valued what God had done so much. They knew that, that the wall was not the end of the story. They knew that this was not the end of what God wanted. So it wasn't enough for them just to build the wall. They had to guard the wall. They had to preserve what God was doing, the ultimate work of worship and renewal that God wanted to do in the hearts of the people. 
they had to guard the wall. So why was safety important to the people here? Because Nehemiah knew that, that they, had to, they had to guard the wall. They just couldn't build the wall. Now, I want you to remember here that the context of the greater, greater goal was worship. It was renewal. And so why was safety important to renewal? I believe it's because when people feel safe, they worship freely. Think, think about this. You, you may have noticed this in your own life. Maybe the reason that some of us worship different in private than we do in public is because we feel a sense of safety when we're alone. Maybe the reason some of us worship differently is because we feel safe from the opinions and the judgment of other people. Maybe we even feel safe from what we think other people are thinking. So whether the danger is, is, is real or perceived, we worship differently when we're alone because many of us, I believe, we feel safe. And so safety is important when it comes to providing an environment where you and I can feel free to worship God. So Nehemiah knew that the guarding of the wall would not only help to keep the enemies out, but it would also help the people to worship freely. After all, what good would the wall around Jerusalem be if there was no worship in the city? And for you and I, while we may not have a wall to guard us, we can always feel safe in the presence of a living and a loving God, who, by the way, is not concerned what other people think about what he's doing in our lives. And neither should we. Here's a good quote that I came across um, as I prepared for this. Um, a, a, a pastor said, he said this regarding worship. He said, until a man or woman recognizes the place of worship in their life, they will struggle to pull the priorities of God in line. Until a man or woman, until you and I recognize the place of worship, this is, this is what God ultimately wants, ultimately wants from his people. Until we recognize the place of worship, the priority of worship in our life, we'll struggle to pull the priorities of God in line. And so Nehemiah ensured the safety of the people because it was necessary for their renewal. The second thing I want to show you here is that after he ensured the safety of the people, he set godly leaders over them. He set godly leaders over them. We just read um, where he set Hanani, his brother, who first informed him of the plight of Jerusalem in Nehemiah chapter 1. And then he also set Hananiah, who was the governor of the castle, who is described as more, a more faithful and God-fearing man than many. We cannot gloss over that. He was a, a faithful, more faithful and God-fearing man than many. Now, as I read this, I, I, I asked the question, why did Nehemiah choose these men? I want you to notice that the scripture makes no reference of their professional qualifications other than Hananiah's title as governor of the castle. But what, is, what it does mention is godly characteristics of faithfulness and God-fearing. Now, again, I want to remind you here that, that, that the ultimate purpose of rebuilding is renewal. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that Nehemiah was more concerned with their character than he was their qualifications. Because that's what God's more concerned about, right? 
Now, please, don't, don't hear me wrong. It's not that qualifications don't matter. It's just that character means more to God than the letters behind your name. Character is what's most important to God. So Nehemiah chose men who were faithful and God-fearing. And if Nehemiah knew that they were faithful and God-fearing, then he knew that they were men of truth, they were men of integrity, and that they would be loyal to the vision that God had put in Nehemiah's heart. And this is, this is important because we learned in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 6 that Nehemiah had already been having interactions with nobles who were double-dealing. Nobles who had, who had been having interactions with both Nehemiah and one of his known enemies in Tobiah. So having godly leaders over the people of Jerusalem was critical to the overall process of renewal that God wanted to do in their hearts. And again, family, if it was critical for them, then it's critical for you and I. So I want to ask you a question that I heard God ask me as I prepared for this. And that question is, if godly leaders are important, who's leading you? Who's leading you? In other words, what voice has the most influence in your life today? Is truth, faithfulness, integrity, or reverence for God leading you? Or is selfishness, pride, lust, or maybe even the trauma from your past, is that leading you? Family, listen, I believe that this is a question that we need to ask ourselves regularly. This is a question that we need to, that we need to take before God constantly because we live in a world with, where there's many influences, many of which are contrary to the God that we serve. And so if you and I are not careful, we can be influenced by things that are not godly at all. And so my prayer for myself and my prayer for you is that the spirit of the living God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that that spirit would be the leading authority in our lives. That truth, faithfulness, integrity, grace, and love would lead us. Why? Because it's necessary for the renewal that God ultimately wants for you and I. So Nehemiah, he ensured the safety of the people. And then he set godly leaders over them. And then the final thing I, wanna, I want us to, to highlight today is that he sought perspective. Nehemiah sought perspective. Now, I, I love this family because uh, we read here that he gathered the nobles and the people that they might be gathered by genealogy. Now, now this was a big deal. This was a huge deal. He even went and found the book of genealogy of the first group that returned from exile under Zerubbabel. <laughs> Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this, this census was about more than numbers. It was about more than numbers. Nehemiah was seeking perspective, not just for himself, but for the people. Not just for himself, but for the people. Nehemiah knew that in order to lead them into what God ultimately had for them, he had to know who they were. He had to know who they were. I heard a thought leader say recently that two of the things that 
that leaders need are empathy and perspective. Now, I'll be, I'll be very candid here, and I shared with some of our team here that, that God has been showing me lately that one of the things I lack is perspective. Perspective related to the impact that some of the things that the people I lead have been through. Because I've learned that it's not enough for us as leaders or even as people just to listen to people. We have to lean in to understand who they are, what they've been through. And that's, that's what Nehemiah was doing here. Nehemiah was seeking to gain perspective so that he can lead them to what God ultimately had in store for them. But, but Nehemiah also did this to remind the people of who they are. He did it to remind the people of who they are. Listen, he knew that the people, that these people had returned from exile. So he knew that they were courageous. He knew that they were bold. He knew that these people were, were pioneers because not everybody came back. Not everybody came back. In fact, only about 2% of those who were exiled actually returned to Jerusalem, which is still an only God thing. But Nehemiah knew that throughout their lineage, these people had spent many years in exile. He knew that they had spent many years in exile, so he needed to remind them um, of who they were in order to lead them to renewal. You might have you realized this in your own life, but sometimes, even though God brings us through something, we still have to allow him to pull things out of us. Things like the, the residue of trauma and pain. Sometimes, sometimes God, will, God will bring us through, but, that, but that's not the end of the work. Sometimes God still has to deal with our mindset. God still has to deal with the things that, that, that may still be inside of us as a result of what we've been through. And so these people have been in captivity. They have been in exile. So Nehemiah didn't take for granted that just because they came back, they were, they were ready to be all that God had called them to be. And you, you may have discovered that in your own life. And, and this is why having godly leaders and being in a position where we're safe as God's children is important for us to be able to, 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 to actually be in a place of renewal that God has called us to. And I can't think of a better way to allow God to pull stuff out of us than through worship. In fact, you, you may remember when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in John 4. When he said there, he said, the hour is coming and is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He went on to tell the woman that the Father is seeking such people to worship him. The Father is seeking such people to worship. Family, this is God's ultimate goal for you and for me. So, so regardless of where you are right now physically, whether you're in your home, whether you're in a cafe or wherever you are, or wherever you are in life, no matter what trauma you're struggling to deal with or get through, maybe God has brought you to a place that's better than where you are, and we thank God for that. But I want you to know that, that that's not the end of the story. That's not all that God has for you. 
Listen, there's, there's a lot of things that, that, that are going on in our world today. A lot of things that are going on. We don't need to talk about them now. We all know what they are. There's plenty of things that are, that, that are going on right now. And I don't know about you, but, but, but we need to be reminded as Christ followers that, that, that we're children of the king. We're cleansed by the blood of Christ. And that the earth and the fullness thereof belongs to our father. You, you, you and I have been given, as Christ followers, we've been given dominion over the earth. And so, yes, it's a great thing um, that these people had returned from, from, from exile and that God had used Nehemiah and the people to rebuild the wall. Th those were all great things, all only God stories. But it wasn't the end of the story. It wasn't all that God had in mind for them, and it's not all that God has in mind for you and I. And so, so, so my point today, family, is that, that you and I, though we don't have a wall, we need to find our safety in the presence of a loving God. And we need to allow his spirit, his word, to lead us to be the authority in our lives so that we'll never, ever forget who we are and whose we are. Because listen, though Jesus did many miracles, Jesus did many miracles in his ministry on earth, many miracles that blessed many people. They weren't the end game. They weren't the end of the story. <laughs> Listen, the purpose of deliverance is a life devoted to the deliverer. The purpose of healing is a heart that worships the healer. Because God's ultimate purpose for rebuilding our lives is the renewal of our hearts. To God be the glory. Let's pray together. God in heaven, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. We honor your holy name today, God. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for the many times that you've shown your strong and mighty hand in our lives, God. Thank you for the many times and the many ways that you've demonstrated your faithfulness, your care, and your concern for the things that concern us. Thank you for the way you've delivered our family members and you showed yourself strong in our relationships and our finances, God. Thank you for the ways that you've shown yourself strong and mighty in our health, God. But we pray, God, that you would help us to remember that that's not all that you have for us. And just as you showed us today through, through Nehemiah, you have a bigger purpose, a greater purpose for it all. And that is the renewal of our hearts. That we would get to a place, God, that we would worship you in good times and in bad. That we would worship you. That we would, that we would be agents of change for your glory in the earth. That we would, that we would proclaim your gospel, God regardless of how we feel. So we pray today, God, that you would help us to keep our hands raised. Help us to keep our hearts open. Help us to continue to give you our minds that your process of renewal will continue until we see you face to face. We bless you for it. We thank you for it. We honor you for it. 
In Jesus' name, amen. this morning, whatever you need, run to the Father. If you would, extend your hands for a benediction today as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace, New City.